Welcome to A Gamer's Story. I'm Noah Geekus, avid fan of gaming and gamers alike. Each episode will feature in-depth conversations with gamers from all areas of gaming. Have you ever wondered about the actual gamers themselves? Their motivations? Their home lives? Their quirks? Just how much time they actually spend gaming? And their thoughts on the future of gaming itself? Join me as I ask them just these questions. Are you ready? I'm very excited to welcome our special guest for today's episode of A Gamer's Story, Drew Pariser. Drew is not only here to discuss how he used all those years of playing video games to become a video game content producer, but also how there is no straight route to your dream job. He'll talk about how doing what you love in a few internships, or maybe more than a few, can help you land a job. Let's jump right in. Drew, I'm so excited to speak to you about gaming and being a content designer. Are you yep. ready? So, Drew, what exactly is a content designer? So it's kind of really a jack of all trades, really. It's, it's kind of dumb to say this. It's, I design content, right? <laughs> so, I mean, it, it really can depend. It can be like, you know, up anywhere from like scripting to like encounters to anything in the game that makes content for the player. If you, someone asks you to do scripting, mm-hmm. Is it, like, very different from other parts of your job, or do they have, like, all sort of connecting? It kind of really depends. So the studio I work at, it's it's kind of a smaller studio, so it's kind of, I'll jump from one thing to another to another to another to try to help. So it's, it's like, in a big AAA studio, you kind of get these, like, really specialized, focused areas. For example, I have a couple buddies I know that work at some big studios, and, like, they're artists and they just work on hubcaps. Hubcaps are what they do for art. That's what they do and they enjoy it. Smaller studios tend to be like, you know, say if a narrative designer needs some help, you know, I can jump over there and help them with the narrative design, vice versa. If I need help, I got other designers doing other things I can jump over. So it's kind of like a little, I call it like really the Swiss army knife. Like I'm not the best scripter, but I'm dangerous enough where I can break things very well. <laughs> but so and it's, and it's nice to going on it just, being able to jump back and forth and everything to kind of see a little bit of everything and try a little bit of everything, which is nice. Oh, yeah. I mean, that sounds like a lot of fun. You get to, you, nothing ever gets like tiring or boring because yeah, yeah. you, you're always doing something yeah, different. Yeah, for sure. I, I understand yeah. that. that. That sounds like a lot of fun. So how did you get into game? That's kind of a long story. So a long time, I wouldn't say a long time ago, probably almost 10 years ago. Yeah. So I used to live in Colorado and then it's kind of a sad story, but it ends up turning into a good story. So my mother passed away in Colorado and one, I used to work at a restaurant and it's a lot to working in the restaurant business. And, you know, one thing my mom said before she passed away was just like, look, you know, life's too short, do what you like to do. And, you know, video games is what I like to do. So my brother at the time was running a, a small indie studio. So I was talking to him about it. Um, he was like, yeah, man, like, if you want to check out, see what games is like, you know, I can give you an internship. So I kind of got lucky. So I ended up doing an internship. It was kind of just like a, it was almost like a design production QA intern. It was a really small indie studio of like five people. So everyone literally did almost everything. So like, if I was needed in QA, I would do QA. If I needed to help design, I would help in design. If I needed to help in production, I would essentially do whatever I could to help. So it was you know, I got it. I got my foot in the door that way. And then I wanted to go to school for it because it is a little backwards. A lot of people I've already, I was already in the industry, but people go to school to try to get into the industry. So I already had a foot in the door. 
but I wanted to use schooling as like a, uh, a network, like a, a starting network, because obviously they'll have alumni and these alumni will tell other people, if you apply for a job, they'll be like, oh, he went to that school with you. And then they'll talk to the teachers. It's, you know, it's just creating that initial network because the industry is really hard to get into. So long story short, I went to school, you know, with Eric and I ended up getting a few internships out in the University of Utah, one of which was in their serious games lab, which was great. And then I got a, another internship at a studio called React Studios. And then I got another internship at this other one called Eat, Sleep, Play as a level design. And then after that, I got a internship, which eventually led to a job at Hyra Studios. And then through there, I worked there for a while, I did QA, production, some design, and then pretty much just, you know, another studio to another studio. And I'm here now. Wow, that's awesome. Do you think those like, internships that you had, because I know you had a lot of them, do you think they really helped you? Yeah, I mean, they, they definitely do help. They def- You get to see kind of the belly of the beast, as it were. You know, most, most of the internships I've had have kind of just been like, hey, we're in the middle of stuff, go. So it's kind of nice to just jump headfirst in, and that's kind of how I prefer it. You know, just kind of jumping headfirst into things, working on, working in the engine, getting stuff going, asking the questions, how to, breaking stuff, fixing stuff. So it definitely helps. And you, and you can kind of just see if it's something that you really enjoy too. Did you ever think about like taking a different job in gaming? Because I know like you do a lot of things in your current job, but did you ever think about focusing on a specific thing? Not really. Like when I first started, because I didn't want to put myself into a niche corner where like, there'd be one job for every 20 positions, right? Like maybe in the future, maybe, but I kind of like just being a generalist where it's like, oh, I've dabbled in that. I've done this. You know, I I think it helps knowing a little bit of everything instead of being super hyper-specific on one thing at first. Eventually it's, it's nice to have it. Like I was telling you, my buddy who's, pretty much just just does one thing in art and that's what he does and that's and that's great and he loves it but i know there's certain like narrative designers content designers technical designers creatives so there's all sorts of different routes and i'm always i'm always down to try anything i mean i've talked like art people and stuff Mm -hmm. i've seen people who really really do enjoy their jobs but i definitely like your approach as well where you can just decide what you want to do yeah. or you have a lot of options. Yeah, there's, and there's a lot of things you can do in games, like especially in the design world or the production world and the QA world or the engineering world and art world. So it's kind of, it's nice to be able to see those or even try some of them. Yeah. Do you ever get to try different parts of it in the same game? Or is it like you do one part in this game and then one part in another game? Again, that kind of depends on the studio size. Uh, So the studio where I'm at kind of really depends. Right now I'm kind of focused on one area, but there's several times where I'm like, hey, you know, that's just kind of how I am too, because games is is a team thing. Like you can't just, well, you can make a one person game, but you know, it's, it takes a team to make a game. And I played a lot of sports in my life. So I understand the the importance of teamwork. So if someone needs help, you know, I'm always willing to be like, hey, I might not know what I'm doing. If you want to explain some of it, I'll gladly help. And it goes a long way. And it's, you know, I think I enjoy working on multiple things. So that's why I really like the studio I'm at currently. Do you play the games that you make or do you test them? Do you play them often or after you finish the game, do you still play it or? Yeah. So, I mean, I try to at least play test every day. My general rule of thumb, and this just, I guess, might be a personal thing, is that I like to try to at least get something new into a build or a playtest build. At least one thing, and it can be the most minor thing possible, because 
I could be in meetings all day. It could be like, hey, I increased the health of enemies by 20 percent. I'm going to play test it. So it's just or it's like or I, you know, I, I can't, you know, I change the script a little bit in the narrative. I try to at least keep it fresh and try to get something in every day, play test every day, because it's always nice to see these little changes and iteration. It's and it's it's kind of refreshing to see other things too. Like art will be like, oh, we put in art, go check it out. And it's like, oh, this is really cool. So it's nice to see the progression of the game blossom into what it ends up being. Have you ever made like a really big mistake in the like when you're like, oh, I'll change so and so's health oh, by like yeah. 20% and then and you test it and you're like, oh my god, this is so Oh, all hard. the time. Like, all the like, time. I do it all the time. I'll get like, I'll get a message from QA being like, hey, what happened here? I'm like, what, 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 what are we talking about? And he's like, this is literally impossible. And I'm like, ooh, I put too many zeros. So, <laughs> so that's, that's kind of my, my joking rule of thumb. And it kind of, it really works is like, you know, if designers, I always make a joke, designers, you know, add a zero. If it's too much, cut it in half. One of my one of my good mentors he said that's one way to design is just you know add a zero. Does it feel good? Cut it in half. Does that feel good? Cut it in half again, or add more zeros. And that's another way of like seeing what's what does what because you're like I don't know what this does. I'm gonna add a few zeros. Or it's like you know you're messing with some player's jump. I'm like I don't know where this jump is being called. Add a zero, a couple zeros here. You jump and you launch yourself out the level and you're like well I know what that does now. <laughs> Yeah, like when you increase the difficulty, it goes from Zelda to Dark yeah, Souls. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a pretty quick... Yeah. couple zeros will make any game Dark Souls. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's interesting. I feel like when you're working on a game, and I feel like a little bit of testing is testing is definitely worthwhile just to see like if this works or not, maybe do it a little, going a little bit crazy may even work in your favor. Yeah, and... I mean, I know these games that have like super high jumps, mm-hmm. but are really fun or like have these Zelda, as I was saying before, Breath of the Wild has like this glitch where there's a bomb under you and you go flying. Yeah. And, but it's been a big strategy in speed running and it's like just like really fun to do. Yeah. It's just like really fun And to I mean, do. sometimes even those bugs or those extra zeros sometimes that creates little nuggets of joy you never expected right so like you could make something and be like oh man now that like the player jumps x meters you can do some really cool stuff and it's actually really fun and then you're like oh wow let's let's actually keep it oh yeah the creepers in minecraft they were like a glitch in the pig Mm -hmm. when they were making the pig The creators like it glitch and then boom they had the creeper and then that's like one of the most well-known mobs Yeah, finding the fun it can it can come anywhere man it can come in bugs it can come in random videos like who knows like a lot of like when you put a game out in the world they'll find crazy stuff and sometimes the hits really well yeah especially like speedrunners oh god those people like search for glitches in the original spyro game you have to get into this one room and and these speedrunners found a way to just glide into that room without like going through any of the challenges that it took to get there and then it it cut down the timing so much on that. It was it's just really cool to see when people just like try to figure out different strategies for, to figure out a game or like they find a glitch and they're like, what can I do with this? Or they're purposefully looking for glitches. Yeah. <laughs> I find that so interesting when when you're looking around and trying to find a glitch. Yeah, speedrunners, the oh, they're a different animal. Oh man, they are <laughs> different. Like I'll watch, I was watching. Uh, watching like can't remember what game it was but it was like an old nes game where i was like man i it was like contra or something i was like i didn't even know there was a third level i never could beat it and they're just like going through not getting hit and i'm like i have so much anxiety watching you play right now they're like 
pixel perfect dodging bullets and i'm like oh my gosh i need to i can't watch this i'm like oh my goodness this is stressful <laughs> if you ever seen these mario speedrunners oh. right they are like pixel perfect over like a piranha and i'm like sitting here like how did you do that and then also they found this secret room where you can skip to like world like oh like yeah eight you just jump jump over and then you go down and you're in level and you're in world eight and i'm like Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, it's... How did, you, how did you get from World 1 to World 8 in a matter of 30 yeah, seconds, it, maybe? It, it kind <laughs> of breaks your brain a little bit, or, like, the ones that are really crazy is when they, like, manipulate the engine to do stuff. Somebody made Flappy Birds out of a Mario game. Like, they manipulated all of the code in the game. I'm just like, oh my goodness, my brain's about to explode. I can't handle this right now. <laughs> Oh yeah, and then I feel like they're so ingenuitive. Mario Odyssey, the last latest Mario game, when speedrunners approach that, in the game you use your cap, use your cap to capture mm -hmm. things, right? So people have made speedruns trying to literally just not capture at all. Just forget about it. And they've gotten down to three captures when it is literally like a pivotal point in the That's game. Wild. And I'm like, what? Yeah. I would have been at like 20 captures by now and you've gotten it down to three yeah. and then in all the world they're still speed running this they're just doing it without captures it's like they're getting like runs maybe like an hour 30 an hour like mm -hmm. 20 and i'm sitting over here like dude this game took me like six hours and you're doing it without captures yep. it's just astonishing like what they can uh, the do the craziest ones are ones that do it blindfolded that's oh, yeah, wild yeah, yeah. that is just like oh my gosh like that's pure muscle memory i cannot imagine the mm -hmm. thousands of hours you played this game very very true because then you just have to like throw in a blindfold and just be like just play yeah. this game for like an hour and 20 minutes just based on what you yep. know and like certain strategies yeah. It's crazy. Some of these blindfold players in uh, Mario 64, they have to literally pick up a rabbit, put themselves, position themselves in the perfect position to glitch through mm. a door that they don't have access to. I'm over here like, how did you, yeah. what in the world? All these like blindfolded speedruns. Wild. They're just like, just like jumping, jumping, jumping. I'm like, I can't do that normally. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, that's impossible. Yeah, it's crazy. It's really crazy. It's nuts. It's, yeah. Speedrunners just... They're just, a different breed. Just have this, like, crazy it's wild. <laughs> when you see it, you, for the first time or for the for the 50th time, you're, you're sitting there stunned. Maybe you just like, have that, like, wait, what moment? You're just kind of like, it broke yeah, your brain. Like, you're like, did you just... You see these guys, like, glitching through walls, jumping, backflips. Like, just their character is just going around so fast. Oh. And they beat the first... 10 levels in like five minutes and you beat the, the first 10 levels in like an mm -hmm. hour yeah <laughs> yeah how did they max out their time like that because they use like these little skips that take days and days and days and months to learn right and they save like seconds and when i say seconds i mean five seconds like really short amount of t amounts of time just to optimize their play because oh, yeah. now like super mario odyssey first maybe the first ever speedrun that was submitted was about i think it was like three hours or something and now they have it down to like an I'm gonna hour say it's probably close like... to sub one hour at this point that's... Mm -hmm. yeah i don't even oh yeah it's like gosh. i was watching the like... world record progression of portal 2 i was watching that and i was yeah. just like yeah. one i'm too dumb to figure these puzzles out two I know. these people are just breaking the puzzles <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm always looking at these puzzles, and I'm like, how does anyone figure yeah. these out? Let alone, how do you figure these out while jumping around? Yeah. You're falling into a hole, coming up right back from where you yeah. fell, creating speed. Then you have to shoot a portal as you're midair, falling into the next portal to shoot you out into that portal. It's just nuts. I don't I don't. It's, yeah, I oh respect them though. I I love watching them. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love watching speedrunners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love Portal as a game, but I also like really love when I see people like speedrunning it. Yeah. Especially when they get the world record. When you see someone's reaction to getting the world record, they either just pop off or maybe they'll cry or something. But they're so excited, and, and you're excited for I mean, them. The, the craziest part too is so like with a lot of these world records, they have to show the video of it. And then typically what happens is the world record will be posted and then like the number two person will be like, oh, hold on, I can optimize this. And then like a few hours later, it's like a sub like two minutes from that. And I'm like, oh, I feel so terrible for the guy who just had the world record. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, I feel like people should definitely be accomplished when when they like do that kind of stuff because it takes hours. I I feel like people don't understand how much of... The, how much time people put into yep, this. Time and oh, wow. So, move on to the next question, I guess. <laughs> okay, so what's your favorite game or project that you've worked on and why? Favorite game that I've worked on? Let's see here. That's a tough question. Well, I mean, I re- one of my favorite games of all time was the game Smite. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. seen, heard it, seen it, or played it, but yep. I worked on that I've, game for a little bit. I've heard and Yep. I haven't played it yet. Yep. I am a child who spends a lot of money on card games and video games. Nice. So I am currently Yep, broke. I am an adult who spends a lot of money on those things as well. That's one of the re- big reasons why I applied to high res is because me and a bunch of buddies in grad school, like, we played pretty much Smite nonstop, and we, we loved mm-hmm. that game. Like, I actually met people in real life or good friends of mine through that game. Ironically enough, I was just... You know, there's, I still talk to him every once in a while when I'm playing some games on Steam together. And it's, you know, that game's that game has brought me a lot of joy in my life. Yeah, I'm big on shooters. Yeah. Like, uh, like Overwatch, mm-hmm. Paladins. If you ever heard of the, there's a new one called Rogue Company. Yep. I, I like that one. But I also like just niche games. I like Celeste a lot. Yep. If you ever heard of that one. I, I'm very wide. I like a wide That's variety good. of things. That's good, yeah. Like, I like, swing real wide with games, too. Like, I play a lot of, like, Binding the Isaac, a lot of roguelikes, a lot of shooters, mm. card games. Let's see, you know, anything from pretty much every genre, almost. Yeah. And then I love those Spider-Man yeah. games, and I love those. I, I really do spread myself out because i just look at things i like yeah. and i'm like okay well does this game have things i like celeste has this really cool platforming yeah. game, and like spider-man has spider-man yeah. and has great mechanics and i heard a lot of great things about yeah. it you're like, rts's here's... yeah you got all sorts of mm-hmm. it's you got your yeah, RPGs. rpgs jrpgs you got all yeah mm-hmm. yeah but it's crazy and i think it's cool to like get a little bit of experience of everything right just to kind of see you know, I don't play a lot of JRPGs, but when I do, I'm like, oh, okay, this is kind of neat. Like, you know, certain things are like going back to playing like Dark Souls, for example. It's like, okay, I get it. I, I see why, you know, a lot of people enjoy these types of games. I'm not the biggest fan. Well, kind of. I'm a little weird with Dark Souls. So, like, I like playing Dark Souls games when I can play it with a friend. If I'm playing it by myself, mm-hmm. I don't want anything. Like, as long as someone else is suffering with me, I'm okay with it. <laughs> Oh my god, share your Yeah, brain. that's... Uh, I, I can be in as much 
pain is yeah, I mean, that's kind of what he did with me and Bloodborne because he was Bloodborne was one of his like favorite games, and I was like, I can't play this game by myself, like, I just cannot. And he was like, Oh, we could do this two player thing, and I was like, Okay, cool. And I was like, Oh, I'm getting it now, like, I understand it because I got like past that initial frustration, and I was like, Oh. Oh, okay. I'm kind of getting this now. Like, I, I see where the fun is here. <laughs> yeah. No, I love it when you're so frustrated and you're you're so so mad about this level, and you spent maybe like so long. You spent multiple days just trying to beat this level, right? And then you beat it, and you're like, you. Yeah, it's that rush, it's like, right? It's you're like, just like, oh yes. man, that was really good. Yeah. A million bucks, like wow. yeah. Oh, yeah, I totally I know. know that feeling. You just feel like, oh, that was incredible. Oh, my God, I just beat this. I literally had this this level that I was sitting on for maybe, like, days, like, three days, maybe, uh, in a game called Dragon Ball Z Universe, mm-hmm. if you ever heard of that. And I left it. I left it for, like, three months, and I came back, and I was like, all right, how long is this going to take You just one-shot it, didn't you? Yeah, I yeah. one shot. Yeah, you're exactly yeah. right. And I was like, oh my god, I can't believe that I happened, did that because I, I just needed to play. I just needed to rest and wait yeah. on it. And I was done. Then I came back and I was like, all right, all right, I gotta beat this. And I was, blah, blah, blah. then I won. I was like, wait a minute. Oh yeah, goodness. wait a minute. I was like, who's playing a trick yeah. on me? Yeah, that happens to <laughs> me all the time. Like, who, who, who manipulated my game to make it easier? Yeah. Because this this game had taken me. This one level had taken me however mm-hmm. long. And I didn't feel like that was, like, one of the hardest levels I'd ever played. The rest of the game, not a breeze, but it was definitely right. not as hard as yeah. that one. So this would take me days. Three hours a day, maybe for, like, three or four days. So I was spending, like, hours and hours on this thing. And then it was, like, and then I, I come back to it after, like, three months. And I'm, like, all right, all right. I've been, like, how long has it been since I played this? There's no mm-hmm. way I'm beating this Boom. level. And then I yeah. beat it. And you're just, like, ah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is a beautiful feeling when that happens. Absolutely. Yeah, but I do think when you when you're playing a super hard game, frustration can be good and bad. I feel like when you're super frustrated, you can just put a game down and just not even just leave it for months, years, or just never pick it up again. Which frustration, if you continue playing it, then it's not that bad. If you willingly decide to go back to a game that you are frustrated with, then the developers aren't doing something wrong. Because then in that case, you want to win and it, it makes you, your frustration makes you want to play more so that you can beat the level and then you'll feel great. Because yeah. I, I think if you're frustrated enough to just like quit the game right there, then there gets to be a problem. But games like Dark Souls or Bloodborne, I feel like they do it well because everyone's is like, ah, oh, Dark Souls is so frustrating. But then they continue playing it and they're like, I beat Dark Souls yeah. last yeah. night. I spent seven hours. I just spent seven hours sitting on my bed until like three in the morning, and I just didn't stop. And then I beat it. Yeah. Oh and my god! The expectation gosh. too is a little higher for Dark Souls, right? Like you know, Mario Odyssey. There's gonna be hard moments, but it's not like Dark Souls hard. So like a player knows, like, okay, I bought a Souls game. I'm gonna die like a lot. <laughs> like, yeah, there's definitely that expectation that you're not going to be in for, like, nice Yeah, that was, like, uh, but... Darkest Dungeon uh, is a game I played, too. Like, one of the, the things before you start, it's like, you are going to die, and you are going to lose a lot of characters. Enjoy. Like, it, like, it lets you know. It's like, you are going to die. And I'm like, oh. Oh. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh. 
Okay. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess this is. Yeah, this is. I will Uh, not feel attached to any of you guys now. (laughs) I feel like those games where you get frustrated but you continue grinding it out, as long as it doesn't get boring for you, right? Because the whole reason why I think like frustrating games can be good and bad is because like if you get frustrated and you and you're like you're at the first phase of the boss. And then you break through, and you get to the second yep. phase and the third phase. It's gonna get more interesting. But if your boss is like the exact same thing, and you're you're just sitting there, and it's just super hard, and you just don't want to do it again. Yeah, it's. And, but I think that intuitiveness of just so many different phases, so many cool things to interrupt you, them frustrated, especially when you're like breaking through layers, when you're like chipping at it, chipping at it, chipping at it, like a game like Cuphead. It's hard. Yeah. So, but it has layers. So you're like. All right, I just beat the first and second layer. Now I need to beat the third one, and then I beat it, and then I'm on the final one. And you're like, oh, I just beat the third layer. Are you kidding me? And you might lose the final one, but you're like, oh my gosh, I have to beat the final one. I just beat the third one. Now I have to keep going. So like, if the difficulty goes up, like you need to make sure it's not too high because you want to keep the player within like that that feeling you're saying, right? It's like, oh, okay, I saw this phase, I beat the phase. I can do it again. I can do it again. And then you don't want to like spike it and then they get out of that flow and then they're like, all right, I'm frustrated. I'm done with this game. So it's a, yeah. Yeah. yeah you pretty much nailed it right on the head with all, everything you were saying. So, um, Drew, I think that's about all the time we have. I want to thank you for coming on the show. I'm so glad you were able to discuss how gaming has affected your life and helped you build a career around something you love. I think you offered people listening an understanding of how pursuing your dream job doesn't have to follow a specific path or a specific timeline. For those listening, please make sure you subscribe to get updates and listen to all of my upcoming guests. Thanks for listening to this episode of A Gamer Story Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for me, you can reach me directly at thegamestory.com. Thanks for listening.